What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. What better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me, the host trifecta back together again. I'll come your way first, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm good. Good. It's fun to be with you brothers. I like you guys a lot. Yeah. yeah. I don't often see both of you at the same time, but we speak it's, highly of the other when they're not around. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, what friendship, Mark? It's great. It's Isn't it great. just the best? It all it goes back good. to, you know, you being just a little tot around here and me hardly knowing your name at all. Oh, yeah. And then going to an Israel trip together. We, we grew on that Israel trip. Podcast we did. together. Yeah, it's the best. It's You've great. heard him already. Uh, Tim Sanford, not here, not in the building. Nobody really knows where he is, but we love him and we miss him. Uh, Mark Francis. Mark, <laughs> yeah. how you doing? I'm doing great. Good. I hope I can bring the same energy as Tim Sanford. Our expectations are even higher for you. I have had, uh, it's funny because people don't really know what all of the roles that I have here are. And they just think that I can just be the jack of all trades. There's one time a week ago that somebody approached me. It was like on a Monday night, wandering around the building here. And he <laughs> said, you know, I have something for you, Mark. I'm like, okay, what is it? He's like, you know, you, you do a sound stuff. I'm like, okay, sure. Of course, of course I do. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you need? And he's like, you know, whenever Tim Sanford preaches, he's just very loud. Mm -hmm. Is there something you can do with the sound whenever Tim preaches? <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't know how to uh, caveat that question yeah. because that yes, he does get loud. He's like, he just sometimes screams mm -hmm. and he gets very loud. And so when you're in the room, like, how can you adjust the volume? I'm like, well, we have sound professionals. They know what they're doing, but I'll take that under but, consideration. Yeah. Is there going to be like an that's automatic adjustment? Yeah, there, there would, it would have to be automatic. I, uh, yeah. I, would not I, I didn't want to get like, into all the technical oh. details <laughs> like, for like, him. Of, Tim gets closer know, to the front of the stage. You're like, lower it, lower you, it. You notice it. that the compression happens yeah. when he does start screaming and you notice yeah. it. But, <laughs> but yes, I was like, to, thanks for the feedback. And when he gets yeah. close to the stage, I think we need a rail that like goes up. Oh, he loves doing that. He commented on that too. You know, he's like, oh yeah, I'm getting close, people. Don't worry. I'm not going to fall. If I do fall, I'll be okay. Well, no, he, there's proof that he, since he's lived in Winchester, he's fallen and, you know, he has hurt himself. But I just feel like you're the events guy, Mark, but you also kind of do what I say if I need help. Oh, well, sure. A lot of people, like, I'll, I'll be like, Mark's Mark always do around. what you say. Yeah, yes. just, just text Mark. Just, just text Mark. <laughs> Guys, let's jump into a Sunday in review. We're going to just cover this, the three of us, recap what happened at FBC. Uh, this past week, we can vision cast what's happening next week as well with Acts 14. But Alicia, I'll come your way first. Thoughts? Yeah, so we're finishing up Acts uh, 13 mm -hmm. and... It's continuing on to the story of God's working out his plan of salvation to the ends of the earth. And we see the um, the story unfolding once again by there's a contrast of two different types of people and responses. And we see um, this aspect of the spiritual advancement of the gospel. And with that, there is a very stark contrast with spiritual hostility uh, mm. that doesn't want to see that happening. And um, the big the big picture, though, is that God's in control and his kingdom is not in jeopardy ever, <laughs> like ever. And thankfully, we know the end of the story uh, and Revelation's pretty, pretty cool on that, that God wins. But um, but yeah, so that's it's neat to see that regardless of what the response is, whether it's joy or hostility, God's plan is going forward and he's using that for his purpose. And what you're saying with the two different distinct responses, right? Mm -hmm. So there is the Gentiles and the Jews and the mm -hmm. Gentiles uh, were 
being just fascinated by hearing the word of God, hearing the gospel message come through, and they are receiving it, and they're saying, give me more of that, and they're responding with joy. Mm-hmm. And then yet you have the contrast of the Jews who, for the most part, are rejecting this story mm-hmm. and despising it. And the language that's used in this text is fascinating, the contrast mm-hmm. of rejoicing and joy and believing as opposed to where Paul is saying they're unworthy of, they feel like they're unworthy of eternal life and that there is, uh, it, they're inciting people of prominence to go against this message. The, the, the language that's used in just this passage is fascinating of the contrast mm-hmm. of the gospel message and how it is divisive, how there is potential for confrontation. And I think Tim addressed that. Well, yeah. I think there's, it's fascinating to actually get a passage that does kind of shed some light on on Jews and Gentiles. And we it's easy to know, okay, it was once for the Jews and now to the Gentiles, but to almost have the roles reversed in the sense that the Gentiles are the ones coming into the flock and they're the ones embracing it and the Jews are the ones rejecting it. That's very helpful even as we study the Bible and understand, okay, like as the gospel is being spread, these are people, it, it is coming down to a person and their willingness to believe. Mm-hmm. It's not about your your heritage. It's not about this or that. And it's so funny to even hear like Alicia recap it because we just had a middle school retreat and a, a conversation with my guys in my bunk um, came up with Jews and Gentiles. And one of these eighth graders said, I don't know if I have what it takes to be a Gentile. <laughs> what they said. And what does that mean? And I said... And then one of the other guys goes, bro, it means to be a non-Jew. And so now these eighth grade boys are going back and forth on what they think Jews and Gentiles are. Anyway, it was very fun for me to listen to. But we have these words all over scriptures, my point. And to actually get to a passage like this where you start to see, okay, this is how the gospel is is Mm -hmm. unfolding. It's how Mm -hmm. certain people that ought to be believing by this point aren't. Right. Yeah. And how some people who, wait, 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 they weren't ever supposed to believe, now are. And that's exciting. And yeah. this is a turning point, as Tim highlighted. Yes, right. there is what God did with Peter in Acts 10 mm-hmm. and, and having Cornelius come to faith and his family. Mm-hmm. But this is a turning point, especially in, for Paul realizing this is his ministry. He is now going to sure. be pursuing the Gentiles. And he's going to be preaching from one town to the next, starting with the Jews and then moving on to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. And I think he's seeing, Paul is realizing that this is going to be a pattern, you know, that, okay, I'm going to get the rejection from the Jews, I'm going to turn to the, Gentile, to the Gentiles, and they will be receiving it, and they will be rejoicing. Mm-hmm. So there's this turning point in that. It's interesting, yeah. too, that uh, the more pushback that they get with, again, from the Jews, the bolder they become in their preaching, mm-hmm. you know, and here... You, Paul is saying, since you thrust it aside and judge yourselves unworthy of eternal life, behold, we are turning to the Gentiles. And um, so there's like this empowerment even mm-hmm. that God is using to with you know, through their rejection that God's empowering them to speak even more boldly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that was a fascinating conversation in our small group last night in community group of how, how can we place ourselves and see our role in this gospel narrative right now? And here we are. In a in a somewhat cozy country, you know, here we are in a somewhat even cozy town where there's churches everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of confrontation. We can be in this bubble world. Sure. So referring back to this building bridges focus that we were coming out of, how can we be more bold? <laughs> because I think what we might be a little fearful of is that confrontation. Because persecution and opposition will arise here in Winchester, Virginia, if Mm -hmm. we are bold in proclaiming the gospel, Mm -hmm. because the gospel is 
not divisive, but it's confrontational. You're going to choose to receive it or you're going to reject it. And I think in our world today, and this is what we wrestle with in our community group, we might be fearful of that confrontation. We might be fearful of that persecution that Tim was mentioning in the sermon. And if we are stepping out in faith and walking in the spirit and being led to speak boldly like Paul Mm -hmm. and Barnabas or Peter, any of these acts disciples and apostles were sharing, there's going to be confrontation. And are we fearful of that? And therefore, are we not being bold because of that? Right. We don't want to suffer. Right. So so why would we get to a point where we we would even expose ourselves to the chance of it? But we're going to continue to see in Acts 14, that's going to unfold in a major way. And it all speaks to the importance of, okay, well, what did Jesus speak towards? And what is the Christian life actually say is going to happen to me. Mm -hmm. Because yes, it says you are changed. Yes, it says you have hope. Yes, all these things. But there's another another caveat, another category of items that Jesus addresses and and God reveals to us. And that is the way the world is going to react to us being this way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's going to happen. The Bible talks about that in 1 Peter um, when uh, it says, Beloved, uh, and this is in chapter 4, starting verse 12, do not be surprised at the fiery trial Mm -hmm. when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. And then it goes on to talk about how we can actually rejoice, which this, you know, our Acts passage talks about joy, and we can rejoice in the sufferings uh, insofar as that we're sharing Christ's sufferings. And then it goes on, and it uh, down in verse 19, it says, therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. And I think that that is the real kicker there is knowing who who's in control. Right. There is a faithful creator that we belong to. And Tim touched on this about how much he loves us. Yeah. Like we don't have to fear because we're loved by God. Mm-hmm. We are in the best, safest spot ever. And then mm-hmm. um, he also, Tim also emphasized that how God uses that persecution and opposition opposition as a tool he he uses actually uses that to move his plan forward and so to think that we get to be counted uh and and rejoice to share in christ's sufferings that Mm -hmm. we get to be a part of that it's there is a whole mind shift on how to think about that because there's growth that occurs Mm -hmm. for us exactly it also is bringing god glory right Uh, there's so many uh benefits that happen out of the suffering and persecution than opposed to the, you look at the pros and cons right. <laughs> of mm-hmm. what that looks like. Yeah, the cons are, oh, there's some temporary pain in my life. There's some mm-hmm. temporary... Yeah, su- suffering is inevitable. we got two choices. Yeah. Suffer without purpose as an unbeliever or suffer with purpose as a believer. Mm. We are a tool for God's plan. And there is a tremendous difference between me treating my relationship with Jesus like Jesus is one tool of many tools on my tool belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have Jesus. I'm a Christian. Yeah. But when suffering comes, I might pivot to something else. Mm-hmm. We all might have something like that in our life where if it gets bad enough, Jesus is there, but he's one among many things we're relying on instead of seeing ourselves as a tool on Jesus's tool belt. Mm-hmm. That is what we are. We mm-hmm. are to be a vehicle for his spirit, to be totally yielded to him. And that's where you start to get a theology of the Holy Spirit comes into play, a theology of suffering. Mm -hmm. And then that constant reminder of putting it in perspective, wait a second, I'm not home anymore. 
Right. Like heaven is my home. Yeah. Yeah. We are here in the meantime. So what are we going to do about it? And that speaks again to your point earlier, Mark, and, about the comfort. And what is what does this Acts 13 passage say of how Paul and Barnabas responded to this? It said yeah. that there is an instigation uh, of persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district, but they shook off the dust of their feet in protest against them and went on to Iconium. Mm-hmm. So Tim explained what that means. And it's almost just like washing my hands of you people. Yep. I'm moving on. Yep. You know, we did hear what we're called to do. You can mm-hmm. instigate a persecution against us all you want. We're going to move on and keep proclaiming the gospel. And there's some discernment there. They faithfully left after they faithfully stayed. And and there's a whole thing they have, a communion with God to discern, because that's hard. Like, oh, I'm going to unpack that a little bit this weekend. Mm-hmm. Acts 14 is going to continue this story. Mm-hmm. How do they know when to stay and when to leave? Because it seems like it's bad, and then they stay sometimes, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's bad, and then they leave. But it's it's all about that discerning factor, and okay, we're moving on at this point. Yeah, and we can't move on out of Winchester. Sure. We might be living here, but there is a component of mm-hmm. knowing when to be bold and speak up, yes. and then knowing, okay, I'm going to now turn my pivot pivot around mm-hmm. and be like, let me share this with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what the message here is saying yeah. of what Paul Barnabas did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and in that same vein, they're in, in their message and their their confidence we see is in the word of the Lord. And um, they were, oh, what was it last week? I think Tim talked about just the willingness, like being, a, being willing. These were people who were willing. And so mm-hmm. in verse 47, we see them willingly obey for, so the Lord has commanded us saying, so they are being obedient to what God's commanded them to do. And they have willing hearts to do it. And their confidence I've, I'm seeing is coming from two things. One, the word of the Lord mm-hmm. and to the sovereignty of God. They know who is in control. And so mm-hmm. in in that confidence in the sovereignty of God and in his word, that is what is equipping them to uh, come up against the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And um, the same thing applies for us today when we know what our confidence, who our confidence is, and that's what equips us. There's every indication that, that Paul was there when Stephen got stoned. So you can imagine mm-hmm. what it looks like to go from the one who's persecuting to, to being persecuted. Paul's not stepping into something and going, I wonder what this is going to be like. Like that that whole encounter and what the Lord does with Saul to Paul, I mean, you got to assume, no wonder he's equipped for ministry at sure. this point. The man knows what he's getting into and and Barnabas is on board with that and and you see that devotion you see that commitment and it again the 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 gospel is triumphing but it's not a passage of celebration and perfection and and I think that's important for us to understand the gospel triumphs but wait a second isn't isn't a walk of faith in Christianity supposed to be this wonderful exciting neat perfect celebratory thing not in this world there are going to be trials. But at the, take heart, I have overcome the world. That's what Jesus but said. But at the same time, when mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit is moving and when people are receiving the word of God, time after time, and in this passage, it's even a couple of times, there's rejoicing. Oh, yeah. There's glorifying the word of the Lord. There's being filled with joy. Mm-hmm. So there's a component of where that can happen when the Holy Spirit is doing his thing and mm-hmm. when people are receiving the word of the Lord and when people are proclaiming the gospel, there is true joy. Mm-hmm. And so that is the contrast that we're seeing in this right. passage. And and that's not just in this passage. It's happened beforehand in Acts. It's going to continue mm-hmm. that there is, they're glorifying God. The word of the Lord is spreading. There is joy. And that's going hand in hand. And that's part of this narrative of the triumph of the gospel 
because yes, despite the darkness, despite the persecution, mm -hmm. despite the world's perspective, mm -hmm. the gospel is triumphing, the word is spreading, and there is joy, true joy. And, and, and that just makes me realize, well, where are we today as a society? Where are we right. today as a church? Where am I personally? Am I, am I truly filled with that joy mm -hmm. and despite what I'm seeing in the world around us? Mm -hmm. And that's our challenge as a church. Are we, are we getting outside of our bubble? Are we proclaiming boldly? Um, and I'm speaking to myself here, guys. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm using the word we loosely, mm -hmm. but um, it, that's a call to action. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so hard for me not to jump into Acts 14. Don't, no, but, you're not allowed yeah, to. Yeah, you so have you to, are you preaching this coming Sunday. You know, Sunday. Yeah. Save it for next yes, week, I guess. You or? have to save it. Yeah. Yes. I have to. You have to save it. But I do have a question for you. It's just good. It's just really good. Can I pivot then? Because yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Tim took a lot of his sermon time to unpack how to um, expositionally look at Scripture when he was breaking down that um, verse 48. As mm -hmm. many had been appointed to eternal life believed. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's a stumbling block. That's a right, right. potential you know, divisive passage. And mm -hmm. he really broke down how to get into the interpretation of that. Mm -hmm. And so, Caleb, for you, someone who's preaching, mm -hmm. um, now on a more regular basis, you're digging into these things, <laughs> yeah. looking at Greek, looking at you know the, the real words, and he's talking about the tenses. Um, mm -hmm. how, how does that... How do you try to navigate that to a massive crowd like Tim was trying to do? Yeah. But I thought he beautifully broke down how to do it, but he didn't really get into much of like the, I mean, he kind of touched on what he thought it meant, mm -hmm. um, but he was almost like, Re research for yourself. Sure. We talked about this at community group last night too, so Alicia's going to pounce on this one, but I'm coming to you yeah. first. <laughs> well, two things I'll say right away. First is, even if he did explain it thoroughly and clearly what he interprets it as, hopefully he would still include, you need to research it for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. You need to learn what the Bible says and get to a point where you understand it. You know, he, he wants to be sure you're not taking Tim's word for it, you're taking God's word for it. The other thing I just want to say briefly is I think there's a, a reason uh, Tim has Acts 13 and I have Acts 14 as far as us sitting down with Mark and planning out. Um, I don't happen to have a verse that pops up nice. uh, with appointed and believe. Okay. Mm. That's a Obviously, that's a slippery slope. Uh, when you get the word appointed and you get this whole election conversation, yep, you right. get believe and what does it mean to believe? That's not necessarily going to pop up in Acts 14. Uh, so if anything, I think Tim took the bullet for me on that one. But yeah, you you want to jump so quickly to a spiritual meaning that we sometimes forget to just define something grammatically. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we, we want to jump to what does it mean for me and how can I get the, the spiritual devotional aspect of it. And so we can eisegete the scripture, which means we put our own meaning into it instead of read the context and say, okay, what is it actually saying? And then arriving at what it means. And hopefully we can all arrive at that same meaning because I think it's a misnomer to assume we can all have these different meanings of scripture, very dangerous. Well, God is a God of unity, right. not disunity. And scripture is not going to... Uh, contradict itself. So exactly. if the word believe is coming up, and we know that the Gospel John uses that word 98 times in the original Greek more than any other book of the Bible, then that is where our theology of believe needs to come from. And then from there we say, okay, in the in in all the other texts, believe what and 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 what's the context there? And so I don't know. That's my word of encouragement. But, the but word, there are a lot of resources as well that you can use. Um, but the word appointed. Mm -hmm. Okay, which Alicia, I'm assuming go. you're referring to is the is the harder word. Yes. Yeah. Then yes. the one then the word believed. Yes. Okay. Well, and so just now I know for, why Tim's Tim was gone. 
He's driving down the road just laughing right now. Yep. Yep. Well, just so we we are in our small group last night, we did this exercise and we we basically came to the conclusion, which was a similar conclusion to Tim, where he left us with you, you do the work and you see what the scripture is saying. And for that specific word, I and Tim said this for as many um, ways at looking at it, one angle, there were as many on the other side looking at a different angle. And so mm-hmm. um, that. That's that's kind of that aspect of it, um, but yeah. The heart of it is okay. Are, are these people just predestined, predetermined, pre-appointed right. to be to have believed? And the work that Paul and Barnabas were doing was pointless because they had already been appointed. Right. As opposed to their hearts were hearing the message, their hearts were receiving it. There is this what do you call it? Medium and past tense phrase middle, don't, middle, middle thank you yes yeah. not medium <laughs> mm-hmm. um tense to it that allowed the people's ears to then having heard it then that's where their hearts were then receiving it and he was not using the word appointed um I'm blanking out on it now of what it starts with a d i'm blanking out on what he had he well, the word he was using for that much Yes. Mm-hmm. Go re- but, go back yeah. to the tech. Go back to yourself, guys. <laughs> I, but so there was the two um, distinctions there that mm-hmm. you know was arising, and I'm surprised that he was touching on it because as he's going through the passage, I'm like, oh, that's a sticky word right there. Mm-hmm. How is he going to do that? He spent 20 minutes on it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and yeah. And there's good. there is the shock factor of Gentiles believing, and yeah, that's part of the turmoil with the Jews. Is like the, not only is this huge crowd growing, but then these Gentiles are believing. And it. I went back to um, Acts 11 when Peter is before the council and he's recounting like what happened. He's eating, you know, with these uncircumcised Jew, or, uh, Gentiles. And, and he says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as on us at the beginning. And I remember the word of the Lord and how he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I should could stand mm-hmm. God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent and they glorified God saying, then to the Gentiles and also God has granted repentance that leads to life. So we, I mean, regardless, we see God as the initiator, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit's at work and mm-hmm. um, it's his it's His kindness that leads us to repentance. And in Ephesians 2, 4, it says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and raised up with him. And it goes on. So it's like God, regardless of how it happened, he gets the glory. He's the one that takes our dead hearts and makes us alive. Mm-hmm. He's the one um, that is extended us this grace through faith so that we will be saved. And um, so it's just, it's neat to see that God, God has a heart to, um, to give himself to us. Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking about just in the, in this passage where it says can, um, the word of the Lord in verses 48 and 49. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was considering the message, like what, what is this word of the Lord? And, and I always go back to John because John, he tells us who the word is. And, Mm -hmm. um, let's see. 
I'm going to go. Sorry, give me a minute no, to you're get good. there. You going to John 1? Yeah. Which, by the way, while we're in a pause, the word I was looking for is disposed. I told oh, you disposed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is yeah, the, the heart other opening up. When it comes to the um, that, that middle voice. Yeah. That was the Greek understanding of it. Yeah, so, okay, that's right. Go. Sorry. There you okay, go. so in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was what was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then down in verse uh, 9, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. Uh, verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, as glorious of the Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then chapter or verse 16, and from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's just, it is all about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's where um, I think we need to be focusing as on the word of the Lord. What is the content of this message? Who mm -hmm. is Jesus? What did he, what did he do? And what have we been given as a result of what he's done? Like, let's chew on that. Let's meditate on that. And what does that do? Oh, it just puts like joy, joy yeah. abounds. There's the joy. Yeah, yeah. there's yeah. the joy. And that's why being able to study the Greek, the way I'm learning is is a little bit different than the way Mark and mm -hmm. Don and there. I'm not physically at seminary. I'm mm -hmm. not. In, my head's not down in, in in a book, flipping pages. And I mean, there are lexicons and all these online resources yeah. built with my online seminary that I'm doing that make it pretty easy to find not only the truth and what the original Greek is, but also then all these different arguments, all these different perceptions of what that verse is. So that's a problem passage, is what we call it. It's a problem passage, and so it's often grabbed by a, a theological camp. Yeah, so th this, th this yeah. is where we're going to hang our hat because yes. it uses the word appointed or right. it uses the word election and all these different things. And you obviously can't annoy the uh, or annoy. You can't ignore those words: predestination, election, appointed. But you study the Greek; it's a little bit different. Those that prepare themselves, those that dispose themselves yes. for eternal life, believed, and then you just get to a point where you almost relax a little bit and make sure you're not in an argument or in a confused, confused state of mind where you're only wrestling with the. NASB translation <laughs> or, or the right. NIV right. translation. Because it's English. It's not it's, Greek. Right. It's, it's, right. That's part of the translation that yeah. here we are trying to yeah. understand, okay, what is And God that's why saying? it takes time. Like that. that's why we put a lot of time into studying the scripture and, and making sure we communicate it in such a way. And, and I'm sure if Tim was here, he's he he probably might not have a perfectly polished answer. He's probably like, I don't know. Part of me could have talked for that for 15 minutes. Part of me didn't <laughs> want to say it at all. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like there's some discernment yeah. there. But what he can do and what he clearly did do, y'all need to be doing this for yourself. Mm -hmm. And here's how to do it. Because, exactly, yep. because mm -hmm. here's how we can grow in our biblical efficacy so that we aren't as reliant on others to, to be spoon-fed the truth, but we grow up in spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and get to a good. point where get to a point where we can actually wrestle and argue. And just for the record, our pastors argue about this stuff all the time, and it's phenomenal. I've been in these meetings. I remember first sitting in one, going, "I wonder how this is going to go." It was great. <laughs> Everyone did it in love. Obviously, mm-hmm. on the core issues, nobody disagrees. But mm-hmm. on some other things, there are there's a way to lovingly have that conversation. Mm-hmm. And if you can all say, "Well, the Greek says this, and I think it ties into this," you're getting closer and closer, mm-hmm. regardless of how far off you are. And and that just helps. You you slip out of that. Uh, ditch that says it's it's works based for man, and you and you avoid the other ditch that says we're mindless robots and God is the one doing it on. We have no say, we have no will. Yeah, God is sovereign and man has free will, and that and would be it, that would be a three hour podcast. There, there is one author, if I say this right, author's intent. Mm-hmm. There is yeah. one intent. authorial intent. Yeah, authorial intent is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the applications of it all can can mm-hmm. vary, and so we're constantly looking for what that is. That what is that intent? Right. What is God speaking to us? And yeah. there is going to be one intent because God is you know one God, and He's not a device of God, and He's not going to be saying multiple things throughout Scripture. So we have to find the ways that we understand God's character mm-hmm. and how it falls in line with interpreting the Scripture properly. Mm-hmm. And that's why God has given people different gifts to yeah. to properly and adequately um, break down this for us who don't always go to seminary school or don't always really sure. dig in the weeds of things like that. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's where Tim was saying. It's like, that's what Biblical Training Center class here at FBC is all about. Mm-hmm. You know, those classes really will get more into the, the weeds of mm-hmm. these things that you can't do from the pulpit mm-hmm. on a sermon. Yeah. And so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. I mean, he, he broke it down and made made us think about it a yeah. little bit. It's good. It's good. It's just so cool to see it all come to that verse fifty one because so so much bad stuff happens. So they shook the dust off their feet and and are able to continue on. And it they are more aware of God than they are aware of their injustice around them. They they are more in tune with what God is doing and how He is looking at things than how other people are looking at them. And that is a very convicting thing that's very easy for us to say very hard for us to do mm-hmm. that what i look like in the eyes of god means more matters more makes a difference more than what i look like in the eyes of other people and those around me regardless of who they are mm-hmm. and how many of them there are how right. many of us can actually say that how many of us would be unwavered in this continuing on to iconium and we're going to see as this first missionary journey ends they go back the way they came yep they take a long way home are you kidding me after what I went through, I just did a middle school retreat for a day and a half. And I was like, bus driver, beeline at home, please. No, I had a ton of fun. They're awesome. But you get my point. Yes. They revisit these churches. I get you the get, point. The, you, the middle schoolers are just like in, inciting of the devout woman and leading men of prominence in Jerusalem. Exactly. Similar exactly. analogy, right? Yeah. Persecution okay. at its finest. Yes. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. But they're, they're revisiting these churches. There's the ecclesiology within Acts. They're raising up elders. They're not They're not making converts and then tossing them to the wind. Mm-hmm. They're, they're participating in the body. It's the triumph of the gospel, not just for salvation's sake, but for sanctification's sake. And that... It starts to paint the picture of why we have all these churches, why it made it to the West, and why we are now grafted into what we otherwise wouldn't be it's grafted great. into. Yeah. And that awesome. should bring us joy. Yes. Absolutely. That should bring us joy. Love Mark, it. what can we point people towards before we get out of here? Well, talking about Biblical Training Center, um, there's a special May class that we've been talking about for a few weeks now, mm-hmm. but it's going to kick off um, this coming weekend, uh, Building Bridges in a dividing, Divided Culture. Mm-hmm. So just check that out because it's going to be in the 9 o'clock hour or the 1045 hour, and then you can come to the corporate gatherings on either mm-hmm. of the alternative ones there. So you have the opportunity to hear the same message 
in the corporate gatherings and then go to the biblical training center class. It's a four week series and um, check it out. Um, I think it's going to be really fascinating looking at what we're just talking about here in, in Acts and how there's divisiveness in the culture there. How do we translate that here in our world today? So that's that's the first thing. But then there's plenty of other things to be praying for. We shared this a couple of weeks ago with the announcement video of just um, missions trips. So there's the North Dakota family camp of people going out there to partner with the Native American churches. You can pray for that team. Um, you can pray for the youth um, and adults going to Zambia. Mm-hmm. You can pray for VBS coming up at the end of June. So there's, you know, it's May already. And yes, Apple Blossom Festival is upon us as well, which means that it launches us into the summer season. And so from that, there's a lot of different things that you can be praying for as a church um, to partner in the gospel with what we're doing here and around the world. It's good. Yeah, Thanks, good. man. Hey, I try. Alicia, thank you for being here. Thank you. Kim. You're awesome. Mark, appreciate it, buddy. Uh, as a reminder to our viewers and listeners, you can find us all over the place on your favorite podcast platform. Episodes go up weekly around Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, we'll see you next week as we unpack Acts 14. And you'll be in this seat over here? Yes, I will. Yes. I don't actually remember who else is here. I don't either. Okay, that's exciting. Yes. <laughs> all right. Good job, Alicia. All right. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love. God bless. <laughs>